Money, a podcast network that understands the assignment. The Alive Podcast Network has launched the world's first content distribution app tailored by and for podcasters and listeners of color. Subscribers will enjoy a wide variety of shows ranging from spiritual to comedic to inspirational. Podcasters can house their content and merch in one spot and monetize from a central location. Visit AlivePodcastNetwork.com coming soon to iOS and Android. Sign up today to get a six-month subscription for $20. You can thank me later. You're about to listen to youth produce content from Listen Up Youth Radio. Listen Up is a Twin City social enterprise working at the intersection of youth employment, leadership, and media production. You're listening to Youth Soup, the podcast that adds some youth to your soup. That was so good. Yay. Hey, this is Keen at Rosemount BSU. Today we're going to be talking about the differences between um, being African versus African-American and our experiences in the diaspora. So let's get started. Um, Before we get into the nitty gritty, I think it's good to just introduce ourselves. So I can start. My name is Maytina Nago. I'm a student at Rosemont High School, Um, also the president of our Black Student Union, Um, also a member. Yeah, also a member of Listen Up Youth uh, Radio. And I'm excited to get into this conversation because it's one of my favorite topics to talk about. Okay, my name is Clara May. I'm also a part of Listen Up Youth Radio. I'm not sure what our occupation is called, but I am a part of it. And I, yeah, this is probably like one of my favorite things to talk about. Because at first glance, you don't think I'm African and then I just start talking about the wildest experiences. So, hi, my name is Keen, as I said before, and I'm a producer and a member of Listen Up. And um, I'm also a facilitator. I'll pass it to um, my name is Aaliyah, and I'm a senior at Rosemont High School. I work with uh, Métis as the vice president for our BSU, and I'm the president for our MSA at our school. Um, and yeah. Also, Aaliyah's really cool. But yeah. Um, okay, so the first question is, how would you all describe the differences between being African and African-American? When did you first realize um, there was a difference, and how when the time you realized how was it affected by you either being African or African-American? You want to start? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You want to expose my community? I'm exposing mine, so you might as well. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I'm Somali, and so Somali parents tend to say which means that black person. (laughs) So we tend to differentiate. Yeah, okay. We tend to like um, pick and choose, I guess, when we're black and connecting to our roots. It's kind of weird. I don't like it. Um, So that's, it kind of hit me when I was little because I kind of got the understanding that I am Somali and I do know my roots and then my Muslim roots too. So, yeah. I'm Somali too. Um, growing up, like in the Minneapolis area, when you, because there's Somali malls, you know, when you got your, because I have very, very thick hair and it's very curly. I think I have like four, like very, very thick 4B hair. And 
my like every time they would go to me they'd be like oh your tint is jerer like you have jerer hair we can't take care of it and we'll go like everywhere everyone's like yeah you got jerer hair where did you get that from i'm like is that an insult like is that supposed to be bad you know and yeah jerer is like uh people who like tends to like basically they it's like people people who are not so much they have like a they they make they they call like aa like african american or even west african features they make it like negative sounding but this is not like young it's not very younger it's mostly uh older generations like they make a lot of like you know like derogatory comments and then they say they're not black they're not mado and then they they I don't know. They just have a very like bad like connection with it, which is very odd to me because back in the 1970s and 60s, Somali was very very pro black under Siadbare. Like they were, they were like very pro black, and there was like a band called Durdur Band. Like they they would promote so many songs of being like black, and then all of a sudden the civil war comes. Suddenly we're not black. We're like we're half Italian. Oh, we're Kushtic. Oh, you know our our DNAs are allelists. They don't even align. Like come on now and then the set like i don't know but the second one racism comes to pl- comes to plan or like they get blow over something they're like it's racism it, I'm, I'm black they do because i'm black it's very weird i don't know but again I don't, i'm kind of rambling now but you know i think salonis there's a lot of proud black salonis and then there's probably like identity crisis salonis who like bleach their skin especially back in like how and stuff you know they're kind of confused also, <laughs> wait guys sorry i don't know if i'm talking too much but no. guys okay i don't know if it's just you but like you know when you hop onto tiktok and then you see like these like based uh, like based admins like they call it they, they have like those nomad pfps yes. you know and they're like like they, they they they're so odd like i don't know they just love talking about being somebody like they're gen- like they talk about how rich their genetics are and then I don't know, like, they talk about tribes, they have tribal warfare, and then, I don't, it's so odd, and it really connects to being black, because the second you, I don't know, like, they, they're more proud of having, like, Italian colonization than even connecting with being black. Being African? Yeah, yeah, even being African. There's, I think, yeah, I'll just hop up what you're saying, like, I just want to go back to the part of picking and choosing when you're black. I think yeah. that's what pisses me off the most. The first time I realized... Let's be honest, it was at birth. Because, like, I was born in Ethiopia, but I came here when I was three years old. So it wasn't necessarily, a, like, a racial consciousness within me until, like, I got into preschool. And, you know, it was already, like, this home environment of Ethiopian culture. Like, bro, we didn't even, honestly, I don't say we even immigrated from Ethiopia until, like, the past four years, if that makes any sense. Because it's very been, like, bring our home into this new country. So... It was very much like, you're Ethiopian. When you go to school, don't hang out with the black people because you're not like them. And I would always be like, I'm not, I'll be, okay, I'm going to be so vulnerable right now. Up until eighth grade, I had predominantly white friend groups. And it was always, it was always uncomfortable for me to, I would always be like, wait, why don't like the other black people around me like want to be friends with me or why don't they like me or why don't I get along with them the way that they get along with each other and it wasn't until the eighth grade I realized that's when I started breaking away from the you know traditional like white friend groups that I was in and then started like kind of connecting more with just people who look like me um and I always think about how 
I'm not the only one that goes through that. That's a lot of like Ethiopian girls or East African girls who are of immigrant families, especially eldest daughters. That's how they're taught to think. So I feel like we experience this unneeded identity crisis, if that makes any sense, because it's only rooting from a place of being told when you go home that you're not like the people who literally, <laughs> who are literally like you. And it's experiencing racism in a different a whole different realm i honestly think because it's like those having those predominantly white friend groups it was like you know they don't see you as themselves of course you're like the auto one out you're always the talk to- the token like you don't look like anyone in the group when they're doing braids like you're not sitting on the the braid um train that they would do on the floor like you're not in that because your hair is coarse or your hair is this or your hair is that right so there, there there's that racism but then there's the other racism of like you try to go hang out with other black people and it's like, but you only hang out with white people. But then you're in your head and you're like, but my parents told me I'm not like you. You know what I mean? And you get to a point, usually in my experience from like talking with other people, it's usually high school when you realize, girl, you have been brainwashed and you need to get out of that mindset. And then you have this like complete 360 turnaround where you go from like not connecting with that community at all to just being fully immersed in it and feeling like you have to do everything you can to like, you know help people from the who are literally like you and also realize that you are part of the oppression as well i think the way our parents talk about it's like you're not the victim you're not oppressed you're not this you're better than the other people who are you know out here getting arrested and stuff like that but it's like i literally have a brother who just looks like every other black man in this freaking country do you know what i mean and i remember one time during when george floyd i looked at my brother and i was like I started having, like, my own conversation with him. Like, how do you feel about this? Or, and my brother is, like, I'm not going to say too much because it's, like, I don't want to speak on someone. That's It's not my story. But I would say, like, you know, my brother's more inclined to necessarily get physical when something does bother him, right? And I was, like, you can't do that anymore. You know, you're, we're not in a day and age where you can do that. And my parents looked at me and like, why are you telling him that? Why are you telling him that he can't get physical if he needs to be? Or, like, there's this, like, very, like, you're not oppressed type thing. And it's, like, huh, that's interesting because that's not what's happening when you go outside and you leave the house, right? So, yeah, I think it's a very, like, complex, very, very, very complex situation when you're African and you travel and you immigrate to the United States. And, yeah. But let me shut up. Let me pass it on. Um, I feel like, um, as you were saying, like, how parents think, oh, you can't be with, like, certain, like, African Americans, or you can't be with, like, anything but white. I think I've, like, I've been through that phase, and then I left it real quickly, but, (laughs) um, I feel like parents just forget that, like, on the outside, you are black, no matter, like, how you think about it, especially in this country, because in this country, if you're walking down the street, people are gonna say, oh, you're black. And that, I think, like, parents don't understand that because they've been so consumed within their bubble. Whereas, like, us, I'd say, like, we grew up in America, so it's completely different. Like, we do have the mindset of having back home, like, because that's the culture we grew up in. But we also grew up in American culture, and they don't understand that. So we could, like, if I was walking down the street, I could get hate crimed. (laughs) (laughs) But they don't see that. They don't. They see it, like, as, like, a shield of, like protection to be african or especially in my opinion 
it roots from like this sense of like east african complexity mm-hmm. or like superiority mindset mm-hmm. where you walk outside and it's like you know i know the white people think i'm better than the rest of the other black people because i'm east african but it's like dog no one even knows that unless you say you're ethiopian right but oh my god sorry this is like it just came to me like i think mm, i don't even want to sound like super like generalization but i really don't see this like i don't know like especially within our generation is i do not see girls talking like this like oh well you should hang out the a's like you're not black it's the men i'm sorry it's the men guys and also for i don't know if it maybe it's very different for salonis but like back home i really don't see any of like this issue improving but definitely here the salonis they're always like you're not you're not black you're muslim (laughs) what i'm like what (laughs) like this race stuff they're trying to bring up on you with your westernization and like you know you liberal halimos i'm like go what like okay (laughs) but then you know like i was talking to my cousin and then and we were we were talking about like registering for uh, uh, uh for I think it was I think it was something for school related and you have to press in your race yeah and we're right next to each other and this guy presses other and I'm like <laughs> what do you mean other <laughs> and then he's like uh I'm not black and then I like what did you press Somali <laughs> like <laughs> okay I was just so shocked like what is this you know. And he's like, and the, and the same answer repeated. I'm not, I'm not black. I'm Muslim. And I'm like, girl, what? No. <laughs> so we what? <laughs> Very I'm odd. sorry, but I can't do anything but laugh. It's just coping mechanism at this point. <laughs> if you don't laugh, you're gonna cry out of pain. Right. Because of what? Like, what does religion and race have to do? <laughs> right. Because on his like, like on his like school identification, when you hop onto Naviance, you're gonna see black. So like, I really. Don't also, know what he's are talking we forgetting about. there's like white and like latino and other like ethnicity and right. race muslims out here like, i'd be astonished if you look at like <clears throat> if you look at like probably you know like you know those uh, uh, uh i don't know this is bringing up my head springing up my head but do you ever see those like graphs of like demographics in a school mm-hmm. nine times nine times out of ten when i see other i'm just like thinking like there has to be a somali in that group because <laughs> other you know like I, I have to be real you know Anyways, that's yeah. <laughs> anyways. That's my thoughts. Um actually something similar happened to me yesterday. <laughs> Just yesterday? Sister. It was my little sister. She's signing up um for step up. And I was like she was asking me like dumb questions like Keen, am I a criminal? <laughs> or Keen, am I black? And I was like cause I feel like it's because I'm the only like I'd say dark skin in mm. my house and everyone else is like light skin, white passing. Mm. So I'm just like Right. Well, what am I? <laughs> She's like, but Keen, am I black? And she's like, no, you're Arab. And I was, it was a joke. Tell me, bro, why do Somalis love saying they're out of, like, we have Yemeni in our blood? Da, da, da. No, you don't. No. Like, I, my, my cousin, this my other cousin, like, he was so dead set on being out of because he was a little light skinned. This guy took DNA ancestry 99% pure Somali. Like, and he was, the fact that he was devastated to hear it, I was shocked. I was like, why are you sad about that? Like, it's not bad to be black. Yeah, they make it sound negative, and they're, like, they connect it with, like, gang culture and, like, and, like, what is it called? All of this bad stuff. Like, when I, when you walk in the streets of Minneapolis, your habit is going to tell you, hey, don't go out too late. The mullahs are going to catch you. Habit, don't, don't tell me, like, 
it's very sad and it breaks my heart but i think um something that i think something that that caused this was when all of our parents from africa came to america they had to create that like you know they had to fight the bias they had to fight the stereotype and to do that they had to separate themselves from what other people expected black people to be yeah so like they tried to create this model minority myth that doesn't even exist. Yeah. And it's definitely, it's, it's a defense mechanism on their part too, but mm-hmm. to include other people who haven't spoken. Oh, crap. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been rambling. <laughs> I just love sitting and listening. I am so sorry. No, you're good. But yeah, I mean, the thing about that like model minority thing that you're talking about mm-hmm. is it's one thing to come to America as an African and then like separate yourself from black people and like try to like, you know, like overcome the systematic oppression and whatnot. Then we throw in colorism. <laughs> when you're dark, dark, you don't get to claim, oh, I have a little bit of Cuban in me. I have a little bit of, like, I'm a little white on my aunt's, uncle's side. But, like, when you're dark, you're just dark. People look at you and see black, and then they just put all of these, like, assumptions on you, and you don't get to work around that. You don't get to escape those assumptions. You just. <laughs> You just get all that blame. And it's, like, really funny to look at because I... (laughs) I don't know. Growing up, it's wild because all these people, like, they look at me, they assume criminal. All the other, like, absolute... I'm forgetting English right now. (laughs) Like, all the other assumptions that come with, like, Black people, like, all the crappy stuff. But then you listen to me talk, and because I was articulate they would assume that I hang around with a bunch of white people. First of all, I only knew maybe two white people up until I got in high school. (laughs) Like, I grew up with Hmong people. I grew up with Asian people. But you listen to me talking because I'm articulate. You assume that I'm suburban and I grew up in, like, a suburbia. And, like, I'm getting things handed to me and whatnot, like some sort of privilege just from sounding like a race that I'm not when the truth is that I grew up in the projects, first of all. My family is dirt poor. My mother resents me for (laughs) adapting to American culture, even though, like, it's literally a matter of survival. Like, I am dark-skinned. If I go outside, I need to adapt for my literal survival. Like, I don't get to just live in denial of systematic racism like you do because you feel you're African and in your mind you're still in Africa and you can walk outside and do whatever you like. So, (laughs) yeah. That's real. Yeah, that's very real. I want to just go back to the one point you said about, um, like you're still in Africa thing, and Aaliyah, you were kind of touching on this too, but it's like, why are our parents this way? And I always like try to like reflect back to the root of it. And there's this also the other side of it. It's like, yeah, I can laugh at you telling me there's people talking about some like, I'm not black i'm muslim where i can laugh at you telling me that your mom still thinks she's in africa just like mine by the way but um the other part of it is like why and i think it's just this stunt in their growth mindset of like when you go to a new country i think they're the way they've seen it is i'm black first they came i think this is this is my thought process of how they go through oh they get here okay well i am black but there's these other black people I got here, I came from a whole different country and still managed to make a good, like, 
living for myself, why can't the other black people who are already here do that too? Which is usually the reasoning I hear from like my parents or like other people in the community. No, I'm not saying it's right. But what I'm saying is I think how did they get to that conclusion is my point, right? Because I feel like there's this other, all these other nuances that they don't see of, okay, the fact that you were able to immigrate here in the first place is something that you have to like think other be people who are descendants of slaves who are here in the first place do you know what i'm trying to say and there's this other side of it where it's like yes you shouldn't be out here saying that you're not black as an immigrant but i i do think it's important to acknowledge the difference between being african and african-american or being like of african immigrant versus an actual descendant of enslaved people here in america because i think it it there are two different experiences there are two different complete different both traumatic but different traumas do you know what i'm trying to say and i think the way that african immigrants in my opinion approach this world and african americans approach this world has been dictated by white supremacy because like you know there's people here as immigrants that just see people who have been disadvantaged by like the systematic oppression that is that is right but they don't see the systematic oppression they just see the fact that they've been scented by it so it's like oh why aren't you just like me why don't you just get a job and do well for yourself but it's like dog what there's this, all these people with generational wealth that's or who have hogged all the wealth in the society anyway so there's already people trying to scrap for what's what's left and then you come us coming here as an immigrant coming here as immigrants and then just like putting all the blame on the people who are have even made it possible for you to come here in the first place it creates this like scratch of tension it's like you know like you can laugh about it but on the other side of it's like it's genuinely serious because it's like why did you jump to that conclusion why can't you see the other side of it it's like you are genuinely like damaging and hurting a, a group of people's like humanity Sometimes you can't even like reply to it. Sometimes when when my family like s- or relatives just be saying that, I just I just do a slight chuckle and I move on. I can't even like because you don't know how to respond. I can't you can't you can't respond to that like you really can't. So yeah, I'll ask another question to like get the the conversation flowing again. So how does the intersectionality of these two identities impact those who are both African and African American? How does the intersectionality of these two identities impact those who are both African and so I'm saying there are people in this country who are mixes of like, you know, maybe Ghanaian, but also African-American like descendant of slaves. So how does that intersection intersectionality of those two identities affect people who are both? I can't speak on that, but I can say what I think. Okay. That. Mm, okay. Um. It honestly depends, okay, because I have, like, some friends who are mixed, right? And let's say, like, the mother is Sudani and the father is, like, um, West African, right? I feel like the more, the parent that you're more with, the food you're going to be eating, that's going to be the, um, that's going to be what you're going to grow up with. But then you also have the family members, right? within the both family like you know mom and dad side and i feel like when it comes to get together that's like when it's either gonna be peaceful or not peaceful like they will comment on your looks like i can um 
for example, I have um, some mixed family members, like, um, but like, I can't, I wouldn't say they're African. I'd say like they're half, like white, half. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I feel like my grandma, she's not like really my grandma, but we call her grandma. And I feel like they comment too much on it. Like, oh, you like, you have beautiful skin. It's like so white or whatever. And, and then we have like me, for example, yeah let me just insert myself and whereas from my point of view if i was just sitting in the corner minding my business she's like oh my god keen like how are you i haven't seen you since you were young you got darker and i'm just like yeah that's yeah and i'm just like sweet you know so if i were i feel like people tend to comment more on the facial features and the hair features instead of actually getting to know you and then they'll come for you for not knowing we call it duckling in somali which is like mannerism i feel like people would come for you for like not knowing certain mannerism from both sides oh this just came to my head like i don't know if this happened to you but um especially with like like you know when harvard is like on stage gathering massive groups in this one side of the party and then they start asking you about marriage and all that stuff. And you're like, yeah, you know, like, I really don't care about, you know, where this person comes from. And then they ask you, like, it doesn't even, it's just automatically they say, would you marry me though? <laughs> and then, oh yeah, it's basically just like someone who's like, like black, but you envision, the way they envision the black is just like, like someone who is African-American and the way they stereotype when I say, oh yeah, you know, I wouldn't, I like, I don't have any prejudice against anyone. They're like, <gasps> like why don't you have? Why would you? Why would you ever marry my though? They're gonna do this to you. They're going to. They're going to hurt you. Da, 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 da. Where is all of this imaging coming from? Like, like they, bro. Like, well, yeah. It's, I'm literally shocked whenever they say this. They're like, <gasps> and not even black. When you say even Sudanese, they're like, <gasps> any people who are not fitting that like beauty standard of like white skin slim nose like 3b hair like they're just like how could you do that to us like i don't know that just came to my head because i know i'm not the first one who's who who's experienced that whenever you s scroll on social media and a girl is with a swana girl has married someone who's who's african-american all hell breaks loose. Everyone is like, it's not just Somali girls, East African girls in general. East African. There's a very much white supremacy runs deep. I'm so For serious, real. like runs so deep in my opinion in East African like Guys, colonization is real. It's not just colon. It's like it's become honestly at this point like ingrained in some part of the culture where mm. I always say like culture is man made, and at this point it's been man made like ingrained into the culture where it's like. I don't even know like how to word it. It's not just colorism at this point. It's like there needs to be a new word invented for it because colorism at this point is an aspect of the culture. Like it's just normal and it shouldn't be, but it's just, yeah. But I do want to ask a question on that point. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I have ADHD. It's really it's bad this week. It's really bad this week and last week. Like yeah. zone out and then I forget everything and then I realize I was saying something. And anyways, um, going back to what you guys were both saying, I believe was um, it's like the family, it's like a disappointment to the culture. Like, oh, uh, 
so you're marrying this how could you do that to your people and i'm just like shut yeah. up and then i mean some guys are they're i'm not gonna lie like we are the most tribally like you will n- i'm sorry but you will never see a somebody marrying anyone else that not that's not someone maybe like you know some people you know they kind of rebel but like you'll never hear of them again <laughs> Bro, so my dad he was like i don't know i was listening to my mom mm-hmm. and I don't care if he listens to this anyways uh basically <laughs> somebody married someone outside of the art like he hates this Khabil, bro. <laughs> uh. i don't know why it's, i didn't even know he was like a a tribalist or whatever mm. but th- i figured out then uh and he was like he has some grudge against him i was like are you for real right now that's not even allowed within like islam and somali goes hand in hand but mm-hmm. we we're supposed to follow the religion more but for some reason my dad was like no that day and i'm just like hmm, okay pops i'm not gonna lie guys like racism doesn't even come close to tribalism in somali culture like guys you're not even black at that point you're like mother like guys i'm telling you like when you go to someone ask any somali like, who's above 25 you ask them hey where are you from uh i'm from Roskore. like they're gonna say they name their tribe let's is not a tribe but like they're gonna say like yeah i'm Muslim yeah i'm on a hand like and then you ask them oh like if you ask them if they're black they're gonna say no they're gonna say their tribe like that is their race <laughs> to them. yeah that is their race yeah, so yeah well she so like, yeah wow. oh okay really? it's like oh, wow west africa is so much different i did not know this like i'm hearing all these similarities but then i'm also hearing all this like serious white supremacy like very bad mm. west africans hate white people <laughs> we can't stand them yet somehow still incorporate stuff like hair texture very mm. like sorry to say but stupid about hair texture like they want your hair to be soft and closer to like european hair texture while also wanting you to be black as the night it, it's so confusing <laughs> it's genuinely confusing mm-hmm. i don't know a lot of like Eurocentric beauty standards are like the standard while simultaneously wanting you to not be white or American whatsoever and date within your own culture. Mm-hmm. So that's cute. <laughs> I think we can all relate as Africans. Like colonization really did hit yeah, it did a number on us. My parents are refugees and we still I mean honestly like I think in all of us, our countries mean, mean a lot to us. It's part of everything we do, you know? Like, you're Ethiopian. It's in your household. You eat Swan if, Sorry. <laughs> you eat Ethiopian clothes. <laughs> I mean, I do, but... You know, you, yeah. you, you, wear, you wear Ethiopian clothes. Like, you're from uh, Liberia. Liberia. Like, you're going to eat Liberian food. You're going to live in a Liberian household, speak the language. We live in Somali households. We eat the food. We go to the malls. We shop. We wear the clothes. But, like... Honestly, I don't know. It's it There's, really is yeah. part of who we are. There's and still a connection to that, like yeah. white supremacist mindset. Yeah. Hopefully, know? when we get older, maybe the new generation, we can separate ourselves away from that, like self hatred, <laughs> like that self. I don't that self hatred, that self like I don't know. But yeah. hopefully, it gets better. I have a lot of hope for this generation. Honestly, like. I think a good closeout would be to go around yeah. and say, like, how you guys think, like, you know, what can you do personally to make it better? Or what can you guys see, like, as a community we can do to make it better? 
Mm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no one, no one's looking at anyone. <laughs> anyone can go. I think something that wait so for our, for our own community, not just your own community. Just well, honestly, whatever you need to say um, that will help the situation. I mean, Islam is a ma- okay. I'm gonna connect this to basically my faith. Like Islam is a massive part of like if you're small, if you're if you're Somali, you're you're Muslim, and it's a big part of who we are. And I feel like something that would really convince Somalis to really like realize they're black, especially is is one story of like Bilal, like listen, I'm like he was a black slave and he was given so much respect and like the prophets they literally like recognized him as a black person i swear if if so like a lot of somalis put that in perspective they would admit yeah i'm black but they want to look at it in such a ne- a lot of them want to look at a negative point of view so i think it's interesting that they we only want to be black when it's a context of black people being praised right you know what I'm like you can't just be black when black people are mm-hmm. praised like you're black even when you're being oppressed and I understand the mindset of not wanting to be in a victimhood mindset. I do mm-hmm. get that. I, I do think there's benefits of, like, getting out of the victimhood mindset. Even though you you may still be a victim, like, not having the mindset, I do see the benefits of, of that. I mm-hmm. will say that. But I do think there's very much an issue of only wanting to be claiming bl- a black race mm-hmm. when it's in the context of black people being seen as royalty or, like... Yeah. Yeah. But I'll just... I'll, let's like get this going so for me personally i think one way that my personally my community could get better at this honestly just by talking about it we don't talk about it it's taboo Mm. if i bring it up it's like i've committed the worst bro i literally i'm telling you guys right now i do not do anything bad as a kid (laughs) i don't smoke i don't do nothing i don't you know i don't go out i don't party i don't do none of that Mm. but if i talk about these taboo topics or i confront my parents about it in a very like I don't care if you're my mom or dad right now. I'm going to talk to you about this like I am an adult. Then I've done the worst thing on earth. You mm. know what I mean? At, th- at that point, it's worse than drinking. It's worse than doing these things that, you know, they would probably should be more mad at as me being a teenager, right? So I would say the solution for my community is to honestly just sit down and stop stop hating the conversation That's and have it. Yeah. Anyone? elders and like african culture are just so set in their ways yeah. and immovable and refuse to adapt and take in what you say to them mm-hmm. so i can't do anything about that i'm just gonna keep promoting diversity <laughs> like it's right. okay to claim your ancestry there's more countries than just nigeria guys <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um i don't know like um <laughs> sorry it's okay i'm so sorry okay um honestly um i'd say like talking about it won't be enough i think we just need to uh, for my community go to the mosque and listen to like a show that's when it will take it seriously and then another thing is honestly i i can't do much bro at this point like our generation just needs to teach the future generation Mm -hmm. we are so deep set in ways she brought such a good point like you can't convince elders okay they're gonna die with that opinion like to the grave okay <laughs> yeah yeah they're gonna die oh okay. we do also have to respect other I'm, people. I'm gonna wrap it up but like yeah. i think our community if we just literally bring up a lot of religious reasons why their ways of thinking is wrong they're gonna go right ahead i don't know about anyone else but like
that's that's the case. But I really hope as Africans we can really realize yes, yes, your culture matters a lot, but you have to admit like in this country, like race matters like a lot of how you play out in this world. Mm-hmm. So you gotta pay attention to it, you gotta keep pushing. And yeah. Okay, so let's just do one last thing to close out. Just say one word about how you feel, how this conversation has made you feel. Just one word. I'll start. Relief. Stupefied. Go, <laughs> 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 just move on. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Interested. Okay. That's Rosemount BSU here with Listen Up Youth Radio on the Youth Forum. Thank you. Thank you. Yay. Learn more about Listen Up Youth Radio, including our peer-to-peer educational workshops in media production and social media marketing services at www.listenupyouth.org. Check out past broadcasts of YouthSoup on a live podcast app now available on iOS and coming soon to Android. This activity was made possible by the voters of Minnesota through a grant from the Metropolitan Regional Arts Council. Thanks to a legislative appropriation from the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.